What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. Before I come across the table and rip Barry's throat out. Kevin Sherrington. I'm going to say to you what you said to me a while ago. Shut up. Barry Horn. I'm going to bring milk and cookies next week. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Rangers Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Podcast. Ballsy. I am Kevin Sherrington. I'm Barry Horn. And joining us in Surprise, hey, Evan, Evan Grant, is Surprise, do they have an exclamation point after that After that name? Shouldn't they? I don't know that towns are like actually allowed to have punctuation after in their official name. <laughs> I think it would be great. Surprise! I mean, why, why have that name if you're not going to have an exclamation point? You know, I've, I've known, point I've known Kevin close to 35 years. That's the best idea I've ever heard him spew. <laughs> You know, it really would be a kind of a good thing for a trademark. And, and I mean, you don't just say, well, I'm going to surprise. I mean, every time I tell my wife I'm heading to spring training, she, she gives, like, hand gestures when she says surprise. Yeah, so, there yeah. you go. Surprise. Surprise. Yeah, absolutely. I think we should go with that. I'm going to put that on the date line when I'm out there. We- you know what you should do? You should What's trademark that? it first and then sell it to the city father. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. I like it a lot. All right, Evan. Uh, first, we're going to get right down to brass tacks here. This is the first thing. This is really important. Uh, Barry Horn uh, yesterday ate it. Uh, at Don't a, say the name of the place. At a very nice restaurant. Uh, Mexican the, restaurant. Mexican restaurant. And uh, and when they he asked for some core tortillas, you know I don't know about you, but did not ask. For, be accurate. I asked for tortillas. For tortillas, you know Barry, he's always asking for something. And uh, at any rate, when he looked at the bill, he noticed that they had charged him for the tortillas, and, and of course he was apoplectic uh, after that. And I think he burned the place down. I'm not no, sure. No, I didn't burn the place down. But I'll, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't go back. He won't go back because he didn't get free food. It's not free food. <laughs> but believe me, the the dinner for four was quite expensive. All right. Well, let me let's just say this, okay? This is a I do have this bone to pick with Tex-Mex restaurants in Dallas, uh-huh. which is a very small bone to pick. Um, and listen, our Tex-Mex food is the best in the in the country. Yada yada yada. We don't have to brag about the food because we know how good it is. But let's say you order crazy nachos at a restaurant and you want some sour cream with them they charge you for the sour cream sour cream is a condiment you don't charge for condiments it's it's a different thing however now if you're asking for a sandwich type material yes barry has asked hey that's something on the menu make a sandwich yes correct so i i don't have a problem with the charging for the the tortillas but if you're asking for a condiment it's like can i have some butter okay here for 75 cents not (laughs) right not right at all well that's that's an excellent point i I, i'm with you on the on the condiment about water (laughs) 
Should they charge for water? Barry says there's well, a... Well, Barry, here's, here, here's the thing. If you go to a restaurant and they come to you and they ask, uh, would you like some water, and you say yes, and then they say, would you like tap or sparkling, then you better know that you're going to get charged if you say sparkling. Right, but th- th- this was this was silly and absurd. I wouldn't have minded if they charged another $2 on each entree. You know, but but to why char- do I have to pay for your tortillas? You pay for your own tortillas. Oh my god! Don't mark my price. No, no, I, I took my tortillas. I took my Evan. I took my family to dinner, and believe me, I paid for everybody. So wow, uh, look at you, Barry. How much could Rose's Cantina have cost you back? Wow. No, I, I'm I'm just I'm. I think that was a slight at 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 a. Uh, Roses? Roses. You don't like roses? No, it was actually a fight at Barry. Because hey, roses is cheap. And we're, here's the thing. We're calling Barry CC now. That's where he, right. he he wants to have he want he's complaining about having to pay for food. I I, I love this whole idea, whole thing. I'd I, like to hear I'd like to hear from listeners uh, if they could uh, want free tortillas. Tweet to the ballsy. Pocket. They're getting free chips as it is. What other restaurant do you go into where you get free food? Barry goes to a pizza place. You're not okay. Like this pizza, but can I have another? Can I have a, a pizza crust and extra pizza? No, crust? I, I, don't charge me for I, it. Let me explain to you something to Kevin Sherrington is what I usually have to explain to my kids. There's nothing that's free. Okay. You're not getting anything free anywhere. Spoken just like you are a child of the Depression, Barry. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's what it is. All right, let's move on to something a lot more important than Barry's complaints about not getting free food. Um, let's look at this Ranger. You've already projected the Rangers roster. Are, is T.R. Sullivan informing you on everything you need to do now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but I just figured I'd beat T.R. to the punch on this one. Yeah. Um, and... Let's face facts. You know, if you're going to camp and you've got a lot of jobs open, um, that's not a good situation to have. No, because you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be evaluating teams and players based on how they perform in spring training in an environment where the ball is going to fly, where the infields are rock hard, where guys are going to misjudge fly balls in the sun, and where they're a lot of times going to be hitting against Class A pitch. So. I don't think it's really a smart idea to do that. Now, it's one thing if you're talking about a backup catcher who's going to play 30 or 40 games and you've got two veterans or or two left-handed hitting catchers and you're just trying to get a feel for one or the other. But you don't need a whole bunch of at-bats to really get a a great feel for that because that guy's not going to get a whole bunch of at-bats. But if if you're looking at a starting left fielder, as the Rangers are, if you're trying to make determinations as to whether you go with a six-man rotation or not, as the Rangers are, um, if you're trying to determine bullpen rules, I think, as the Rangers are, I think you've got pretty good ideas going into camp. And the only thing that can happen now is injuries, or you can create some indecision in your own mind. Uh, it's necessary for these guys to go out and play and, and do the work, but I really do think that, by and large, the Rangers have pretty much – I'm sure that they've got 20 positions locked down barring injury, and I think the other five are – they've got a pretty good idea about. So, let's start. Who's going to be the, le- who's going to be the opening day left fielder? I'm stunned by Evan's uh, list of outfielders. He's, he's, le- he's left out a familiar name, but go ahead. I think that left field, I think, comes down to this. It comes down to do you go with a a platoon or not? 
And if you go with a platoon, I think that's going to rule out Willie Calhoun because this is a guy still wanting to get at bats every day. Right. And he's a left-handed hitter. So if you go with a platoon and you're, you're playing Ryan Rua against the left-handed pitchers, then I think you want a guy who's a platoon mate with him. And that's why I think the Rangers will probably give the edge to Drew Robinson in left field. Bingo. Also, you left out Willie Calhoun. On, but, uh, yeah, I'm leaving Willie Calhoun off the roster at this point because I think that they want Willie to start the season getting every day at bat. Now, he could, again, you know, we talk about that indecision. Well, that's this is you know. Of course, this guy has pretty much done all he needs to do in the minor leagues, has he not? Did we, Evan? Just... Did we lose Evan? I think we've lost Evan. Now that I know he can hear me, I'm going to say I think that's crazy not to have Willie Calhoun on the open because you can force Drew Robinson as your backup center fielder. He's not great, but you can force him out there. But you can't play Willie Calhoun in center field, no, and you can't play No More Mazar in center field, so. You certainly can't plan on playing Delano DeShields 162 games. If you went with Calhoun, then I think all of a sudden you have to start thinking about keeping the Rule 5 kid, Carlos Tochi, who is a good defensive center fielder, a right-handed hitter who could, you know, do a little bit of platooning with Calhoun to give him some off days. But then all of a sudden you've left both Rua and Robinson off of your roster. But, Evan, isn't it almost criminal to have Shin Su Chu on the roster, and Willie Calhoun not on the roster, given the state of the Rangers. Uh, it's, it's, it's criminal if you're if you're rebuilding, and I don't think the Rangers are to that point yet. I think they go into the season feeling like they're still going to put a competitive team on the field. She was a productive DH. He's just not a $20 million worth productive DH. Um, and that's the issue. And, and I think, you know, the, for fans... They saw that Willie Calhoun was the, the prize piece coming back in, in the U Darvish trade. They want to see him on the field as quickly as possible. But I think for his development, whether it's in the major leagues or the minor leagues, he needs to play regularly and get more at bats. And I think that that's going to be easier for the Rangers to do in the minor leagues. Uh, you know, I don't have a problem with them leaving him off the roster. If he's going to play the outfield every day, you know, at Round Rock. Uh, then okay, I, I get it. To me, the hitting is—he's already proven as a hitter that he's that he can. I think he can hit in the major leagues. The question is, he's got to find a position he can play competently. Right. And, and if he can play, and if he can go down and get all the kinks out and do that, but he's got to play at some point this season because what we've heard from this general manager is that we're we're going to be about playing the young guys. Well, you were right. gonna, you were going to play. Joey Gallo, no matter what, because you have to play him. You're going to play, you know, Nomar uh, Mazar because you have to play him. You're going to play Rugi Odor at second base because you have to play him. There, there was no sure. other choices in these matters unless you wanted all of a sudden just to insert Jerks and Profar at second base. So it, it's a little disingenuous to say that that yeah we want to play the young guys and then but you're you're just playing the guys you'd have to play anyway if you were if you were going for it all. So I, I do I, I am a little at cross purposes with this thing. Uh, I, I realize the Rangers are, are kind of behind the eight ball because of some poor moves. You know, frankly, the you know the signing of Shinsu Chu was a, was a bad deal. Uh, it, it did not re, it did not provide the returns they wanted. The thing that that is stunning to me is that Shinsu Chu is going to make twenty million dollars this year. They could have had you Darvish for twenty one million this year, and they right. said no. So, 
Talk about, you know. I, I think the way you have to look at the Chew deal, and I think the way the Cubs are going to end up having to look at the Darvish deal is, is similar, is you need to win a World Series in one of the first three years of that contract. Correct. Because the last three years of that contract, they're not, it's not going to pay much in, in the way of dividends. And so Chew's deal, 14, 15, 16, the Rangers did go to two playoff appearances, but he only played 48 games in one of those seasons, and they didn't advance past the first round. That was the kind of move that a team made expecting to go deep into the playoffs. And I think from here on out, they expect the returns to be diminished. And, and that's, that's the unfortunate part about, this, about the way contracts are set up these days is you're paying so much for past performance that in the last half of these long-term contracts, you're going to get absolutely nothing. And it does, it does, I think, Kevin, you know, you can make that equivalency that you don't have Chew on this roster. All of a sudden, you know, you, you can have a manageable roster figure and have Darvish in the rotation, and your rotation looks a lot stronger. Yeah. Uh, you know, I read Tim's comment today, and we all know that Tim is a math wizard. We all know that he probably should be teaching calculus at, uh, you know, USC Tim or something who? like that. Tim Kalashaw, our old pal. Oh, okay. And uh, that was good. I like the Tim who. Um, but, you know, here here's my problem with, with that. And, 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 and basically his column was, was about how general managers have learned their lessons. These are all smart guys uh, who all went to Ivy League schools. And uh, they understand that they are no longer going to pay big money for guys in their 30s. Uh, not going to pay, just what you said, not going to pay any more for past performance, which all sounds good, you know, on the face of it. But, but here's my problem with that. First of all, there's just a handful of these kind of contracts. You know, every, every team's got, you know, a, a couple. You know, it's, it's not like you've got 10 guys with exorbitant contracts that you're paying for in their 30s. Uh, secondly, uh, let me ask you about Nelson Cruz. Oh. Who 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 has become a much better hitter now than he ever was with the Rangers and and Nelson mm-hmm. is how old now thirty five he'll be no oh, Nelson's going to be thirty seven he's thirty seven he's an outlier year. though he is an outlier but that, that's the thing to me it's your job to look at these guys and not just say oh no the rule book says I'm not supposed to pay this guy because he's over thirty years we don't do that anymore I said yeah you well, make, if you, I, you stick to those I, I kind of rules you're going to be in trouble. I think your point is is a good one in that I, it highlights a, a lot of what Tim was saying. That you know, so much of, of baseball has become kind of groupthink now. Everybody's got proprietary formulas that are pretty close to one another in terms of how it comes down to evaluating players. Everybody's got guys with economy and finance backgrounds in their front office, gauging market valuations and things like that. But here's, here's the deal. If somebody wanted to change the system, why wouldn't the Cubs, why not, if, if you were the Cubs, why not go to you Darvish and say, you know what, tell you what, we don't want to make a six-year commitment. We'll give you $35 million a year for the next three years. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And, 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 let, and, and pay for what you think is the value of the guy right now up front, and so you don't have that encumbrance. Now, I guarantee you, that if you ran that by Major League Baseball or you ran that by the other owners, there would be a whole lot of uh, resistance to that. Sure. That, of course, would be some degree of collusion, I would think. Right. But if, if a club wants to step out and wants to change the system and wants to not get bogged down in these long-term deals, 
I think there's a way to do it. You just pay these guys what they're worth right now and don't worry about trying to spread out $120 million over six years. Well, that's exactly what they did with uh, Darvish. If I'm not mistaken, they, that the original deal he wanted was five and 125, and they gave him six and 126. Right? Right. right. So, with, well, with, with enough incentives. That, they could get I, I 150. Think some, yeah, yeah. There's some makeable incentives in there and some that are going to be a real stretch. But I, yeah. I think that ultimately that deal will be worth more than $130 million to him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, in some ways the Cubs did, did kind of stretch it out a little bit. So he got the dollar figure that he was looking for, but I still feel like if I'm you Darvish, why, if if somebody offered me $32 million a year for three years and gave me a a fourth year option with a buyout that would guarantee me a hundred million dollars and still would allow me to go back out into free agency, I might consider that right now. Well, um, that's that's why in the NBA there are no bad contracts. Well, you ask, never see an NBA contract for more than four years. But but getting right. back to your theory, Evan, isn't the luxury tax something that that stops that that stops the big clubs? That, yeah. That's, well, uh, but paying a guy there's like only, there's only a handful of clubs that push up against the luxury tax bearing. Yeah. And also the thing is, I I think Jeff Passan when he broke down this whole idea of whether or not there's some collusion, he pointed out that the clubs that that would potentially go over the luxury tax this year. They'd probably pay about, uh, you know, they'd pay about nine or twelve million dollars in luxury tax this year, and probably go up to about twenty million next year. That's an extra thirty-five million dollars over a two-year period. But if you're a club that's that's completely focused on winning World Series and you're willing to pay two hundred million dollars in payroll, why aren't you willing to pay two ten or two fifteen? So I don't know how much of a damper that actually is. Uh, I'm sure it, it, it is. It acts as something of a governor, but I don't know that it. I don't know that it has. So it is so forbidding that it has completely stopped the market down the way the market has been stopped down this year. Now let's talk about. Uh, I believe there is an out in Darvish's contract after two years. Is that right? Correct. Uh, and so I believe you had brought up the point that perhaps as the Rangers are going into their new ballpark, uh, that maybe they could rekindle this romance. They could. You know, at that point in time, Darvish will be 34. Um, will he be that old? The Rangers, the Rangers will have the Rangers will have an answer, I think, on whether or not they, they've gotten Clayton Kershaw. They will have gotten an answer on whether they have young pitching that really is capable of, of making a legitimate difference in the major leagues. And they will be going into that new ballpark. And so there might be some interest there, but I think, I think, to think two years down the road and say anything other than kind of just arching your eyebrow a little bit would be, would be a giant mistake. I, I think if anything, this team and this fan base, I, w- I would hope, has learned that you never count on anything long term. Evan, I'm under, I'm unarching my eyebrow over the name you mentioned, Clayton Kershaw. Is 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 that is that's pie in the sky? That's pie in the sky, isn't it? Yeah. Of course, it's pie in the sky. Okay. I mean. But he does have an out after this year. He is from Dallas. There are reasons to think that if this Rangers club was willing to save money and and apply it towards next year, that Kershaw would be the most legitimate target for him. Um, Clayton also has had some back issues, and we'll see what happens you know, as this year goes along. But if you're looking for a difference maker, would you rather take a gamble on Clayton Kershaw or would you rather you know, sink that money into you Darvish? For me... 
Kershaw's been a once-in-a-generational pitcher. Correct. And, I, I, you know, I'd take that run next year uh, if I could. But you did give up the chance to get Darvish at $21 million a year this year. Um, there's certainly no guarantees, and I would still say the chances are less than 50-50 that you end up with Kershaw after this year. Um, but I also think the real the reality is you, Darvish, this year alone would not make this team a favorite in the AL West or even a favorite for the wild card. And, and I think that's part of what the Rangers are considering, that they've got to have a lot of things go right. They still have to have a lot of things go right to get into the AL West race and to some extent have at least half of a number of issues kind of go right for them to be legitimate wild card contenders. Yeah, and I want to point out that I have obviously written that I think the Rangers should have signed Darvish. Uh, I was writing it back when the, before last season started when they were going to have to pay $30 million a year for him. So he ended up would have cost them $9 million less a year than when I had uh, had uh, campaigned for before last season. My, my whole point was not about this year. It was about going forward, that this is an organization that does not have a top-of-the-rotation ro- pitcher in the on the horizon, on the distant horizon, on the Mars horizon, uh, and so uh, for, for me that this was a guy who I still think has not reached his potential. Now I know you know this is a guy who was throwing harder last year than he, that he was throwing when he came over. So uh, I, I think that that this guy could be an outlier, and of course that's a that's a guess, but I think he could be an outlier. And and to me, the organization needs this pitcher two years from now, three years from now, four years from now, and this is a guy who wants to pitch here and who lives here, and that's the difference maker to me. Now, I, I am intrigued by the fact that you know people are talking about the, uh, that his home run totals have gone up. Do you think there was any concern on the Rangers' part that perhaps there is maybe some slippage here in Darvish and he is not the pitcher that he was in 2013, and so therefore that made this decision a lot easier? I think the I, I think that their feeling would be that he um, that he certainly wasn't. He, you know, there were times when he was really good last year, and there were times when he wasn't. And I think I think the Rangers would have been a lot more motivated if they felt like they had seen a dominant pitcher yeah. um, night in and night out, and and they didn't. And and Kevin, I I think what you, what you're saying, I also believe Darvish is an outlier, but a belief is nothing more at this point in time than hope. And, and this team doesn't need to be putting a whole lot of strategy uh, labeled hope on things. I, I still think that when you're looking at guys who are outliers, you're talking about less than 50% of the guys. So oh, absolutely. absolutely. You're, you're, you're talking about betting against the percentages, and, and I think that's still kind of got to be the governing, the, the, the governance that the Rangers operate under until they've got once again, they've got all the pieces in place where one guy will make a significant difference. That's when you bet on the guy who could be the outlier. So let, let me ask you this then. Because we have seen in the uh, – John has been the general manager for 12 years. Does that sound right? Is it this is uh, – 2006 was his first year. This will be his 13th season. 13th season. Okay, his 13th season as general manager, which is kind of phenomenal when you think about it. How old is he now? 29. <laughs> yeah, he's grown 40. up. 40. He came straight from the prom. Uh, so uh, we we have seen him do different things, you know, and then obviously he went through a very rocky start with some of his trades and the deals that he made. And we've seen some maturation and some, some different things. What do you think convinced him 
because this was the man who gave, uh, you know, a huge contract to Shin Su Chu and also took on Prince Fielder's contract, even though they were dumping, you know, Ian Kinsler's contract in the in the bargain. They were still taking on a lot of money. What is it that you think convinced him? Because it seems to me, uh, maybe is it just the the way the industry is going? It was it one of those deals? Uh, what was it that turned John and made him into a much more conservative uh, person with the, with the? And I don't want to. I know that their 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 payroll has been pretty good. It's been in the top ten of baseball for for a long time. But uh, they certainly don't want to spend wildly. No, but I, I do think, Kevin, at some point in time, you just have to look at the at the reality, and the reality is that the Rangers, in that from the from 2011 forward, have been in that in the the prime of that uh, window of opportunity, uh-huh. and they they've spent money um, more than they ever had before. Not that they, by any stretch of the imagination, were top three or top four payroll in the big leagues, but they were in the top ten, and they spent more money than they had. They dealt off an enormous amount of pitching talent. Now, is is anybody that they dealt off a top-of-the-rotation guy? Well, Kyle Hendricks has been a pretty good middle-to-top-end. I wouldn't call him a number one, but I'd call him a number two quality pitcher. Yeah, me too. Um, I don't know that he's going to be uh, the there for the Cubs, though, is not, Well, that'll be you, Darvish, won't it be? Well. The number two. Well, I mean, but, but, well, but he's a number two level pitcher. Right. Some, yeah. You know, the good teams have a number two at number two and a number two at number three. Right. Um, right. They, uh, they, they peeled off so much pitching count. And I think, you know, John, after the 2016 trades, when they dealt off Luis Ortiz and Lewis Brinson and Dylan Tate, um, and they looked around and they said, we have nobody at double-A or triple-A who's going to legitimately help us in the next couple of years, and that became more evident last year when I think, you know, and we talked about this, we talked about it last week with, with Jerry when we were talking about the minor league system. They have started taking a slower approach to try and um, finish out these pitchers and to get these pitchers to actually command their fastball, and I think it's just the, the realization that Unless you were willing to go to the top three payrolls in baseball, where the Dodgers, the Red Sox, and the Yankees all reside, that you can't outspend your mistakes. You have got to, at some point in time, recommit. And even the Yankees had to do this in the early 90s. You have to recommit to and I, And I think this is where they're at right now. If some things fall right for them this year and the wild card race does not involve a team winning 95 games they could they could hang around that wild card race but if things go wrong and it's very possible that things will because they're betting on a lot of things falling probably in a way that the guys achieve better than they did last year if things go wrong you trade off some pieces at the deadline you kind of accelerate the rebuilding process and you hope that in 2019 your guys start to grow, and by 2020 you've got guys like Gallo, Mazzara, Odor maturing under contract as core pieces, and you've got young pitching that is pushing its way to the big league. Then you can go out and refinish off that team 
with one or two pieces that will put you over the top. But, uh, Evan, is it's it, is just it, the natural. It's just the natural life cycle of a contending team. It's unfortunate the Rangers didn't win a World Series. They were right there, Kevin. We we saw them right there. Um, yes, we did. But they, they didn't win one, and I think this window of opportunity is coming to an end. Yeah, there's no question about the window of opportunity, Evan. It's it's that time in our podcast, as Jose has just reminded me, handing me his phone, where we're gonna ha- where we're going to have to, but we want to answer questions from people who. Are interested? Are interested in the podcast? Listeners. They're called listeners. Barry. Yeah. Listeners. Well, but 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 they, they tweeted to us um, uh, their questions, and it's that time. And now, if Jose unlocks his phone, I'll Jose, you know, why are you putting a lock on your phone? Who's going? Who wants to get in your phone? Okay, first question, Evan, uh, comes from Jack Kerr at Jack Kerr ten, who nineteen hours ago wanted to know: Is there a possibility of Profar taking time at second? If Odor continues to have the worst OBP percentage in baseball, on base percentage. Thank you. Do you think if he wanted to know it 19 hours ago, do you think he still wants to know it now? Yeah, I think he does. For some reason, Barry likes to give all the details. Jack, I, I, I think that I, I, I think the Rangers will be a little bit less patient with Odor than last year. I think it's also impossible to not be less patient. The guy played 162 games, and if he – if he struggles, he will get some time off. And I don't see this team push sending him to the minor leagues, but if he gets some time off and so far is, is playing really well around the diamond, uh, there's always the chance for for Jerks and Profar to steal playing time back. But it comes down to Jerks and Profar having to do something that he has yet to show in the big leagues, and that is perform at the elite level that he was as a prospect. Okay, that's. Uh, I hope that satisfies uh, is a satisfactory answer. Kevin is nodding his head yes, so that's good. Yeah, move and along. Then, then then here, 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 here's a question I'm a little worried about it's from Joe Siegler, who wants to know any idea what big sexy names other than Evans might be available in the next off season? Are we holding back for a bigger name to have possibly going into the new park? The big sexy names that might be available after the coming season are, as we mentioned, Clayton Kershaw, um, Bryce Harper, who I think the Rangers have absolutely no chance of landing. Um, Manny Machado. And Manny Machado, who I also think the Rangers are not going to land. I think Machado ends up in New York. I think Bryce Harper ends up in Los Angeles. And I think that if Harper ends up in Los Angeles and Kershaw does opt out, Maybe the Dodgers don't have the dollars to spread, you know, $70 million to spread between those two players. So those are the three big names coming up in this offseason. Um, but it's also a deeper class in terms of, of contributors than this this last free agency class. So Clayton Kershaw, we keep talking about that. How old is he going to be after? after Kershaw the- turns 30 this year, I think. Yeah. See, so it's the same old thing, right? Uh, if you had if Clayton Carshall really wanted to come back here and pitch, you know, to me, what would he cost? What would he cost? Uh, I he's getting. I mean, the Rangers are going to have to be prepared to pay thirty million dollars or more for Clayton. Absolutely. For how are. many years? He's going to want a four I, or five year deal. Four or five. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and here's the deal: and Clayton has back problems, so right. significant yeah. back problems. So this is always the deal to me is that uh, there's there's never – I mean, what everybody wants is a 26-year-old guy in his prime that you're going to get, and then, okay, yeah, boy, and then we'll give him a seven-year deal. 
Uh, it, well, that's you know, and that's what the Rangers thought they got when they signed Darvish, um, or when they you know won the bidding process and signed Darvish in two thousand uh, after the two thousand eleven season. It's what they they bet that they would get when they put all their eggs in the in the Otani basket. Um, and those guys, you know, those guys don't come out of Major League Baseball right now because guys get to free agency at the age of twenty eight. If you're lucky, more likely they're getting to free agency at thirty or thirty one. Yeah. All right, Evan. Kershaw would, have been, Kershaw would have been a free agent earlier, but he signed an extension with the Dodgers, as most teams try and do with players who are franchise-type players. They try and lock them up, just like the Rangers did with Odor, just like the Rangers did with Andrus. The Dodgers did it with you know a franchise-level pitcher. The Rangers haven't had that guy. They thought maybe Derek Holland would be that guy. He wasn't. They bet on Martin Perez. He hasn't been yet. Um, but they're bo- they were both club-friendly contracts, and the Dodgers... Paid big money for, for Clayton Kershaw well, and have gotten the returns on And they thought Matt Harrison was, for that matter, and before he got hurt. Yes. Uh, all right, so let's uh, – let's we, we, we teased a little bit before we go, though. We want to ask you, what is going to be – give me your opening day lineup, top to bottom, lead off to – I'm course. not going to give you a batting order right uh, now. Give me a batting yeah. order, Evan. Let's go. Come on. No, I'll go, let me go around the diamond since I'm looking at the field right now. Okay. You have Gallo at first, Odor at second, Andrus at short, Beltre at – Third. Shocking Chirinos, Chirinos behind the plate. The Astros are probably going to be starting Dallas Keuchel. So let's say they're starting a lefty, and that means Ryan Rua in left field. Delano DeShields in center. Uh, Nomar Mazzara in right. Sinchu Chu at the DH, and Cole Hamels on the mound. There you go. That, that was exactly what I was saying. And, you know, I want to say this about the Astros. Uh, my my son Ford uh, is dating a girl whose parents bought a dinner at Lance McCullers' house, and they so had, she's dating an upscale girl. Yes, and Lance is. She live in Memorial. Uh, she does not. Uh, she lives in Bel Air. Was Lance actually at the house, or did he just like rent the house? No, Lance had the Lance's wife prepared the meal. Uh, also, the MVP was there, Jose Altuve. And Ford got wow. to face Did Ford go Ford. No, he was on his way here for to play a baseball tournament. But they, but he Facetimed with Altuve and Lance McCullers, and Lance wished him a a, a happy and a successful season. How much did they pay for that? I don't know, but I'm I'm figuring it's a, it's at least five figures. Wow. Hey, what Barry wants to know is, were they able to actually get some tortillas with their dinner? <laughs> Free tortillas. <laughs> Free tortillas. No free tortillas. Oh, I'm going to start calling that Barry. we got to come up with a nickname for Barry for this. Can we call him Tortillas? No. Hey, you know what? I was going to take you to lunch at Pepe's and Mitos today. Yeah? Where the tortillas are free. Tortillas. Tortillas. The tortillas are, are free. free. Let me have some free tortillas. All right. Well, listen. This has been another edition of Tortilla Talk. <laughs> <laughs> I know our savvy listeners will agree with me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Everybody wants free food. All right, so Evan, it's not free. We're gonna we're gonna have another podcast in which you're not walking have... in off the street and saying I'd like a glass of you know it's okay. Abner Costello routine. Yeah, it's yeah, bread yeah. free, okay. water free. I have a bread and butter sandwich and a glass of water. Uh, yeah. That's not what I'm saying. Evan <laughs> Costello, we're really dating ourselves now. Yeah. All right, we're gonna we're gonna move on from our our baseball podcast because we're gonna have a special edition. What they like to call in the business an evergreen podcast, and it's evergreen about Valentine's Valentine's Day. Day. So, Evan, you're gonna be with us on that one too, I think, aren't you? Sure. Why not? <laughs> 
<laughs> he had a lot of love for that, didn't he? Our Valentine's Day podcast. All right, Evan. Well, this is for, for me and for Barry and for you. This has been our Rangers podcast uh, for this week. For this Valentine's Day. For this Valentine's Day. And we'll bring you back next week, too, to talk about the, about the Rangers again. Yeah. Okay, everybody. Goodbye. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya. Okay, everybody. Goodbye.